Hello, welcome to MySpit Talks. I'm Chetan Shah, hosting a series of podcasts for the global events industry. In today's episode, we have CEO Karina Bauer of the IMAX Group talking about cancelling IMAX Frankfurt, the status of IMAX America, the future of trade shows, and also revealing more about Planet IMAX, which is to be launched soon. Right, so um, guest today is Karina from IMAX, who probably needs no inter- introduction whatsoever. Um, very kindly has joined us today with these sessions and just the objective of these sessions is to share best practice, share understanding so we can try and recover together. Um, Karina, thank you so much for joining. How's your day so far? My day, uh, good, thank you. Busy, but good. In front of a screen, many, many video calls or? Yeah, a lot of video calls. I also had to do a ninjutsu lesson with my uh, nine-year-old. So, <laughs> you know, it's a balance. <laughs> Very good. It's a crazy times. When we look back, look back at these times, I, I think we're just going to be in a sense of wonder and shock of what we managed to do and 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 just how we adapted. I hope anyway. Um, so thank you for joining us. And of course, it's almost like you are. The, I would look at you as the guiding light for this industry. And so no pressure whatsoever. I've got some questions for you, which we want to cover. Um, sorry, one second, just going to mute this person. Um, so I've got some questions for you, and of course we're going to cover some obvious things like Frankfurt, IMAX America. Obviously Planet IMAX, which just launched yesterday, I believe, so we're going to touch on that. When it was March the 11th, um, all I heard from the MNIT Awards was about coronavirus and realised this is huge. So we put together a leaders meeting where we had 35 agency leaders come to the Biltmore in London. And the meeting was going to start at three o'clock and about 2.30, if I remember rightly, the news broke that IMAX Frankfurt was cancelled. And that was almost like, okay, this is real. Because if IMAX, one of the industry leaders, if not the industry leader in our industry for live events is cancelling, then you know, what does that tell us? So tell us from your perspective, what happened the week, the days before that led you to that decision? And how did you come to it? Because it must have been hard. Yeah, um, it was extremely hard. um, And it was very fast. So I think that's one of the main things that I would say, looking back, I think we can say that, you know, Today, it's an obvious decision that IMAX in Frankfurt would not be going ahead in a, you know, in three weeks time. But at that point, at the beginning of March, that was not obvious. So there were a few events, big events like Mobile World Congress that had cancelled. ITB cancelled around the 28th of February, 1st of March, around that time. And at that point, you know, we felt that, say, ITB were in the eye of the storm, if you like, but that, you know, looking forward to May, so this is right at the beginning of March, um, you know, 10 weeks away, we felt pretty confident at that point in what we were seeing and, and what we were just hearing from Messe Frankfurt, from the authorities in Germany, that May would be fine. And indeed, Messe Frankfurt at that point were um, postponing their March events to May. Um so we had we sent out a message on the 3rd of May, March, sorry, to the industry saying that we were confidently, you know, planning ahead and planning for Frankfurt to take place. But that if anything should happen that was outside of our control, like, you know, a ban on events, which was starting, that we would um, refund people's uh, stand costs and flights and things of that nature that had been expended. And during that week, Uh, We spoke to a lot of our exhibitors and we also spoke to uh, a lot of the stand constructors. We spoke to Messer Frankfurt, everybody really, our partners. And we it became really apparent the timelines really of when people would start expending money, really, that they wouldn't be able to get back and and starting to work towards the show um, and just not recover that those costs. Um, and indeed, during that time, I mean, every 
hour or so, things seem to change in terms of events cancelling, government guidelines, travel bans from corporations and governments. It was just, it was so fast. So I'd say over the weekend, um, it probably became apparent to us that we were likely to have to cancel. But we were hoping to be able to spend that full week talking to all the our partners in Frankfurt, in Germany, around the world, all the trade associations, and to just get a sense of how things were. But I'd say by Tuesday afternoon, we knew that we would have to cancel. Um, and the health minister in Germany at that point had suggested that all events over a thousand people should cancel, but only up until the end of March at that point. And we were still waiting to see whether Hessen uh, would take that on, although we expected them to. Uh, but it, it, we could just see it was untenable for us, both in terms of the uncertainty around whether it would be allowed to go ahead. And then also for us, of course, you know, could we guarantee that hosted buyers would be able to come and we just knew we couldn't guarantee that. So at that point, it just became untenable. Um, so it was the Tuesday night, really, that we um, decided that, you know, we had no option but to cancel. And we didn't, what we didn't want was to um, do, do anything last minute because that's kind of the worst of all worlds. And of course, it was our industry that was already reeling from these other last minute cancellations. And I don't blame the organisers for what happened because they were so in the middle of it. But we didn't want to put people in that position or, or ourselves. So we felt like we had, had to make a decision in decent time. Yeah, and it, it must have been an incredibly hard decision. Um, and what, so would you, was the catalyst those deadlines of people committing to travel, committing to costs of exhibitions? And, and that was really, we have to do it now. We'd love to obviously wait to see if things change. But, but was that the turning point? Yeah, we, we just felt we didn't have that luxury of time if we were to do the right thing by the industry, essentially, because we we had to be able to guarantee a return for our exhibitors. And, and the return for the exhibitors is a good number of high quality hosted buyers. And until sort of a few days before we made that decision, the registrations were OK, but they then flatlined. And of course, if you have more time, you can kind of see how the situation evolves. But because of that build-up of costs, uh, we just knew we didn't have the time and we just we had to make that decision before it was too late for people. And we got a really good sense of when that would be. And, and it was really that week or the next week. And once we knew, we thought the fairest thing to do is to tell people, you know, you don't want people hanging on and making plans if you know it's not going to go ahead. And it was untenable for the team as well to have conversations with people who are constantly asking questions. So, yeah, as soon as we were sure, we thought we should tell people. Yeah. And what in terms of the comms and obviously you had to move really quickly, um, you must have probably had to try and anticipate so many different reactions. How do you feel that comms plan went and we, what could you have learned? I mean, obviously this situation is so unprecedented that you have to, you can't do everything perfectly, but what do you think you learned from the comms of, you know, having to cancel? Um, you know, the um, message that we sent out, um, I probably went through about 20 versions of that because I was trying to explain in detail why we had made the decision that we had then and at the time that I was writing it it felt slightly I knew that for some people it would feel slightly early and so I was trying to sort of rationalize or explain to people what that rationale was um, in terms of the learnings you know it happened so fast I think with a bit more time we would have been able to speak to everybody we wanted to, every partner in the city, um, every trade association, you know, everybody in advance or just in advance. And of course, that we, we actually spent two and a half days on the phone um, to people in the industry before we sent out that message saying, you know, on the Monday morning, we may need to cancel. And by the Tuesday night, we will be cancelling tomorrow, you know, but we were trying to get a feel for what was going on in the industry. Was it the right time? Was it the right decision at that point? Um, so, you know, in hindsight, 
I don't think there's a lot of things that we could have done differently given the time constraints. Um, I know that what we put in that message was honest and, um, you know, we were, what I also wanted to, to sort of say to people was, you know, we'll, we'll do our very best to do right by all our clients. And I hope that that came through. So I guess the feedback, feedback on that messaging would allow us to learn lessons. Um, but at this point, we had pretty good reaction to it. I think people understood it. And uh, we moved really fast to get in contact with those people that we hadn't had the luxury of speaking in advance of as soon as it happened. So, yeah, we did our very best with the comms. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think testament to that was the outpouring of reaction from the industry. I mean, I think I read an article where you did call it grief, um, that you'd lost you know your your shows are your babies and and the outpouring from the industry was was really quite it must have been quite emotional it was actually i mean for the team you know when you spend you know your whole year and then actually for some of the team 20 years of their life working towards something it is a grieving process it almost feels wrong in this situation when people are actually grieving loved ones you know to call it that like I, I i say that with some degree of trepidation but the reality is it is a very emotional when that's what you work towards and and that's what you care about when the messages started coming in the team i mean i read a lot of them to the team and the team collated them all and it was really um it, it was really great for the team to see that it's you know from our accounts team to our secretaries you know you don't maybe have the contact with the industry um it was really emotional for them but it was really lovely for them as well and we spent a lot of time talking about that and, and gathering as a team and sharing those and it really meant a lot to them i can't tell you how much those messages meant to, to our team okay and one, one, one question that was submitted to me and like a response on this was the hotels in Frankfurt, all, I guess, they're, they're not definitely part of your remit, but of course, people stay at hotels, come to the shows, and they all handled the cancellations, I imagine, quite differently. Do you feel that IMEX could have done anything more to kind of uh, help support the messaging with those hotels and how they should be working? Or is that just you had a million plates to spin and, and sometimes it's not perfect? Yeah, I mean, as I say, with the luxury of time, I think that's absolutely what you would do. Um, I mean, I have to put it in context as well. For the Hosted Buyer Programme, we work with 32 hotels in the city. And even today, we don't have responses for all of them as to how they're handling the cancellation because they're also spinning plates. So even with hundreds of rooms uh, that they know aren't happening, we're still not 100% sure for a handful of them because they've had to let go of staff, furlough staff, close their doors. Um, and it all happened at the same time. So in terms of where sort of people stay around the city it's very difficult because on you know some people are staying in the hotels where we're hosting buyers in which case we have a relationship with that hotel and other people are just staying around the city and might have booked through all sorts of different portals and of course then we have no control whatsoever um i would say some of the every, all every hotel has handled it differently some of the hotels have been absolutely amazing um, others have been great and done better than their contracted terms with people and others have stuck to contracts so it, and then others we haven't heard back from so yes you know uh, ideally you would you would sort of square that all of that off perfectly before something like this happens but I mean that wouldn't have it wasn't realistic uh, to be able to do that and uh, I mean I think from from what we've seen, I think the response has been brilliant. Um, the way that the decisions were made, the, the thoughts on looking after the suppliers, your customers, your exhibitors, your visitors, um, I think kudos. But um, I, I'm going to move on in a second. But if anyone's got any questions, specifically Frankfurt and any of the parts, please pop them in the chat and I'll see if we've got, uh, we can bring them in. Um, well, if, if any questions come through, I'll come back to it, Karina. But sure. what about your, what about yourself in terms of personal impact? How did I mean you must have shed a tear? Or how did you how did you personally handle it? How did the team get over it? What 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 things? I mean, we're going to come on to what you're doing now, but 
how how was that managed i um yeah i think um in different ways to be honest because um you know that that initial week was incredibly intense um and incredibly fast moving and the day after that we started to prepare people to work from home so whilst the government in the UK hadn't said anything about that yet and, and I felt like we were slightly ahead of them maybe having maybe seeing what was happening in the international sphere and being impacted so early we were slightly ahead of the game so immediately started preparing people to work from home um, and so there was just a lot going on um, we we also took a bit of downtime together so you know we kind of put our out of offices on for a few hours before the cancellation message went out and we spent time we, we did that so that because I created sort of cheat sheets and FAQs for the team so that they would be confident and I wanted them to spend time really understanding that but it also was a bit of quiet time for our team before everything went mad and um, I think that was really important um, and we also the week later we gave everybody an extra day off just just to you know have a bit of time and process things um and you know everybody's dealt with it differently but overall i think people i think our team have handled it really well we are pretty i i'm pretty sort of forward looking in the sense of you know that's happened what are we doing about it let's move on to the next thing and so the next thing really was okay how do we you know communicate with our clients how do we mitigate the circumstances the best we can around frankfurt how are we doing that how are we looking forward to imex america what are we going to do in the interim and we pivoted pretty fast to doing those things so we haven't spent too long sort of um you know agonizing over it once it was done we we've kind of moved quickly so um the team are great actually and they're all you know as everybody in the world um learning to work remotely and, and getting on with that brilliant okay let's move on to you mentioned imx america so the burning question of course is what's happening what's your planning stage where are you at um what does it look like yeah, so I mean, for IMEX America, we um, at this point in time, um, we're still slightly hopeful or quietly hopeful, maybe, that it might be able to go ahead. But we, I wouldn't say we have major confidence either. So what we're doing at the moment really is planning for it and doing all the work behind the scenes that we need to do for IMEX America. Uh, we're constantly talking to uh, the exhibitors, to our intermediaries as well, which is the crucial thing. Are we going to be able to bring buyers? What's the travel going to be like? Are the borders open? Of course, people can't answer those questions yet. Um, and a lot of people that we are intermediaries in particular in the states are furloughed for for about the next four to six weeks um, so really we're just watching and waiting uh, we will be prepared should we be able to go ahead we'll be able to press the buttons really quickly in June but we've said you know we won't leave it later than middle of June uh, to make that decision because again you know our industry is based on timelines and even that is a short timeline but it's doable if we've done all the prep work um, and so that's really what we're looking at. We feel like it's a little bit too early today to call it. Uh, and we'll just see how that um, transpires over the next four to six weeks. Okay, so middle of June is your kind of rough light timeline that you're working to for an announcement if there is one. Exactly. Yes. And, and so, well, with that, you know, we haven't gone live with registration yet. So everything's ready. Our exhibitor manuals are ready. People can place orders, etc. But we haven't gone live with registration. We want to be going live with registration at a point where we're confident. Um, and so really, we're saying we can't go live much later than the middle of June. So that's going to really be our determining date around that time. And of course, we hope by then that we'll all have a much clearer picture of the next the following few months through to the you know end of the third quarter and beginning of the fourth quarter and what's happening with international travel um, as well as you know what Lean was saying earlier about health and safety and the requirements in venues and what that's going to look like. So we've got to kind of work through all of that. So if if it does go ahead, have you started to plan um, or what have you planned in terms of what it's going to change from my if I came in as a visitor, what would be different in terms of the experience? And, you started to 
chart that? Yeah, we've started, but I can't say for sure what it is. But I think the big thing that we're looking at is, and, and obviously we are, um, we're talking to the SANS and, and the venue and what they, they're recommending because they're looking at all of that as well. But when you think about, um, you know, a show like IMEX, you know, there are certain points in the show where there are big crowds. So that's one of the things that we're focusing on. How can we spread that out so that you don't have those big crowds? You know, do we um, sort of bring people in in waves, for example, um, expanding the space that we have available for the show in the hallways, for the hosted balance, all of those things. So we're planning all of that. And to be honest, I think that that planning is going to be important for us, not just for this year, you know, if, if indeed, you know, hopefully we can go ahead, but it, um, for next year as well. And it might not be as extreme for next year, but I think we need to think forward um, for room capacities, for capacity in this tight space, as well as the obvious things like, you know, do you employ a company to bring in thermal scanners, uh, you know, hand sanitation, masks available? I mean, those to me are the obvious things. I think the harder things are actually how do you spread out a crowd or put it in waves? And that, that leads to a very different um, sort of, timeline for the show um, perhaps so those are the things we're just starting to map out um, and, and think about but I don't know what that will look like today yeah and I, and I was talking to some people earlier about recovery and and I almost feel like we we as the events industry have to lead by example by if we can put on a good event that's safe and secure and has the delegates best interests and safety at heart and if we can showcase that and hopefully with IMEX America then we've got a we've got a uh, a template to say okay well clients now if we put in these measures then it is safe to meet um, anyway that's my little ramble um, yeah. in term, in terms of I mean the government in America of course are pro business they'll want to see people out meeting doing business so you're probably uh, in terms of a nation there probably is a lot of positive uh, wave behind you. Um, do you think that it's actually probably going to be more US focused then naturally because of borders and flights and the, and and is that a deliberate twist do you think or, or are you not thinking like that? Um, it could be but of course you know over half of our exhibitors are international so you know it's if it was just about you know the buyers yes I think we could probably do it with North American buyers only because they're already 70 to 75 percent of the hosted buyer mix and they are about 80 percent of the trade trade buyers who cut you know who come on their own steam so um yeah if it was just buyers you could definitely do that the question is then the exhibitors and will those buyers come uh, without those international exhibitors so it's not quite as straightforward um i think you know there are a number of elements to look at one is you know what is happening politically and the other is what is safe to do what do we feel comfortable doing what do our clients both our exhibitors and, and the buyers feel safe and comfortable with as well. And that's why you know, we need to have a lot of conversations with our partners around the industry to see what's going on and what the sentiment is like and, and whether people are ready at that point. You know, um, they, I know that the sentiment from all the discussions we've had is that people really want the show and they really want it then because it's, I know it's a beacon of hope for all of us um, that it can go ahead. And so, um, that's what the general sentiment is. We have to look at the practicalities um, of that in that time frame. And yeah, as I say, we're, we're still working towards it, but we're being realistic as well and um, looking at all the eventualities. Yeah. If, if there was, you said a beacon of hope, and I think that's absolutely right. If there was a call out from you to the audience here and wider about what could we do to make sure you do deliver a show because that's going to be good for all of us. Is there anything that the industry that we could do? Is it just feet? I mean, is there anything you could think of at all? Um, I don't think so at this point, because I think people are in the situations they're in and they're following government guidelines, they're following their corporations guidelines. I think for us, it's about intelligence. It's about knowing what those corporate guidelines are, you know, in the lead up to Frankfurt, we were starting to get exhibitors saying, you know, hotel groups and, and tourist offices saying we're not allowed to travel um, until the end of March. And we don't know if we will be in May. 
Well, you know, it's that kind of <laughs> knowledge that we need um, mm. to know how viable things are. And of course, um, if we had a crystal ball and knew when the borders would be opened and when air travel could start up, that will be a, a large element um, as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say if there was anything that people can do, it's just actually just keep in touch with us and let us know what's happening in your destinations, in your corporations, because that gives us the best intelligence uh, to take that broad um, perspective and broad picture. Yeah, okay. We've had a question about if it, if IMAX America was not to happen, would it be a postponement or would it be a straight cancellation? Uh, well, without a shadow of a doubt, we would prefer a postponement, uh, but that's obviously dependent on a number of things, uh, like being able to get dates, you know, in the venue or in the city, you know, in, in a decent time frame. So, uh, but yes, if we were able to do that, then uh, we would, of course, prefer that to a cancellation. Yeah. Okay. And any more questions uh, for Karina on IMAX America, please pop into the chat and I can come back to it. Um, let's talk more broadly about trade shows generally and in terms of the trade show uh, place, trade sh large trade shows placed within the sector. Given what's happened or even before your trade shows, your shows have evolved, where do you see the future of the larger trade show in the sector? Is this a catalyst for change? If so, what was that change or was it stuff, was it, were there things you were considering anyway? Um, yeah, I think in terms of trade shows in general, and obviously we're very plugged into the industry trade associations for the trade show industry as well, which obviously align to business events. And what we're seeing generally is that there's a lot of demand in many sectors for their industry trade show like IMEX um, to be successful and to start up again. So I think, you know, there were a lot of different formats out there that, that was growing massively anyway in the last few years um you know lots of very successful small niche events as well and i think honestly there's a place for all these different things because at the end of the day you know whether you're online or live whether it's small whether it's large you just you have to create value for the participants create value for the sponsors or the exhibitors who are funding it and i think if you do create value if you do sort of live up to the promise and the objective of the event i think that um, you've got a good chance of that event being successful i don't think one precludes the other in terms of us yes you know we've been we've been good i think at incremental innovation over the years what we aim to do and what we're aiming to do even more in the future and we're already working towards this was how do you have this um, mass event but create a very personalized journey and experience for people through it so depending on what your uh, segment of the industry is that you can sort of really choose your journey uh, i think there's always going to be value in bringing an entire industry together there's something very special about that and i wouldn't discount the the need for that and of course for our show which is different to others which are successful in their you know successful events in their own right our show is very business focused so we're always very focused on those business opportunities and delivering on those business opportunities but it was never and increasingly never enough to just do that especially um, for the buyers and and for people's time you know, when they come to a show like IMEX, it's hugely time efficient for a buyer, but they still do need more than just the business. And so that's what I think over time we've been very focused on trying to drive very specialist education programs, experiences. I mean, this year we were we were completely remodeling Hall 9 um, and that was going to be one full integrated experience with um, different uh, sort of uh, discovery areas, learning areas, the hosted buyer lounge better food options so you know that so that's really where we will go uh, when we're able and to get back there and of course the team have been working on that for about a year so they were really disappointed not to, to be able to showcase it but of course you know that's what we'll do and all the specialist educational programs that we do that are important because it gives people that sort of small network within a very big event and I think it's that combination um, that for us has been successful yeah yeah, well, so the, the trade show is here to stay. 
Good. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I totally believe it is. And as I say, that doesn't preclude other very successful event formats taking place. I think they can live alongside each other. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and again, any um, questions, again, please pop them in the chat box. I'm going to move on to just broader sector, the whole events industry sector, which I need you, the, how are you going to solve the whole crisis that we're currently in? Um, no, what I mean is that we're all looking for practical examples of trying to get out of this. And we've spoke briefly about Stronger Together, um, about scenario planning. Well, in terms of you are putting on a huge event or planning on putting on a huge event, you're looking at data. What are you doing as an industry or as an organization to try and navigate through this? Because there's lessons there for everyone to try and come out of the situation we're in. Yeah, I mean, I think um, there are a couple of things, you know, the stronger together is important, I think, if it's taken in the right way, which, you know, for me is really around, uh, you know, how we support each other as as an industry. You know, I think it's one of the things I heard today was that, you know, there are a number of uh, agencies getting quite worried looking into Q4 because, of course, a lot of people have been laid off or furloughed and actually everything's stacking up into Q4 and are we going to actually be able to operate? So it's really important as much as we can, I think we try to support each other. That's certainly what we did with the cancellation of Frankfurt with our partners, with our suppliers, really talking to all of them to see what did they what, how could we work with them in the fairest way possible to make sure we all come out of this um, and we're all still here next year uh, when we need to ramp up or, you know, in Q3 or 4. Um, so I think that's really important. Um, I think in terms of scenario planning, there are different groups sort of popping up, say, within the trade show industry, for example. So we're involved with that to really start looking at what the different scenarios are in different phases. And then, of course, for us, we you know, have the ability to work with some of our exhibitors to really try to understand what are hotels doing, what are venues doing, um, in our kind of new normal before we get back to full normal if you like and i think our new normal is going to last a while and i think the other thing is you know everybody on this call would understand that you know it's not for our industry as if it's going to be we come out of lockdown and then lovely you know we've got our events again it doesn't work like that we're going to have a long road to recovery you know we're going to have to ramp up to having larger and larger events um and that's not going to happen overnight because of all the the dependencies that we have um and so i think you know understanding or, or helping governments in particular to understand the impact on the events industry is going to be really important as well so that advocacy piece and again you know we're, we're already talking to different people within the industry internationally and in the uk about how do we really get that message across um successfully and how do we also use this opportunity for the future because one of the interesting things, I think, is that when events started to cancel, so Mobile World Congress cancelled, ITB cancelled, South by Southwest cancelled, suddenly uh, sort of Joe Bloggs, a person in the street, if you like, suddenly had this understanding of the impact of events on their city, on their livelihoods, in a way that maybe they didn't understand before and took for granted. And so therefore, politicians have a little bit of a better understanding as well. And so I think it's an opportunity for us, um, whilst we have some attention on the industry or did have some attention, certainly, you know, our venues are being used as hospitals, as testing centres, etc. Many people within our industry are actually have pivoted and are actually helping the support effort to create those um, hospitals to support them to make PPE, etc. I think we have to try to build a picture for politicians and for I suppose the world at large to really start to understand the industry, then we might be able to get a bit more support coming out of it. And that's that would be the, the positive side, if you like. And I hope we, we're able to do that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think as an industry, we're probably really undervalued compared to advertising, marketing, PR. All of those mediums have got great clout, great lobbying and and yeah i do hope if one good thing comes out of this is a better appreciation so echo your sentiment there um 
Okay, um, again, please, any more questions pop, pop up into the chat. Um, so let's move on to this very exciting uh, Planet IMAX. Um, tell us about Planet IMAX. What is it? When is it going to go live? What, what could we gain from it as a visitor, as an exhibitor, supply side, buyer side, etc.? Yeah, so I think what was interesting is, you know, a few days after we um, cancelled Frankfurt, we started talking about what could we do online. And um, we had a really, you know, long discussions about it because there's a lot of great content online. Um, and of course, we've got great content as well to put out there. But we didn't just want it to be focused on educational content, because as I said, you know, a lot of the value that we bring is around connections that are made at the show, business that's created at the show and things that are launched at the show. So we started to really think about what could we do that would be more unique to us? What could we do around the dates of the show um, that would give something back to the industry? And we wanted to do it, you know, as a gift to the industry. So everything that we've talked about, we've kind of looked at in that lens. Um, and we also wanted to do something that wasn't just sort of happened on one day and then went away. So um, we are launching in uh, the beginning of may so um the platform if you like will go live on the beginning of at the beginning of may it's done in a really uh, cool way uh, in terms of the user journey so it's not just a static uh, web page it's actually uh, three islands um which have the nature theme so it's now a nature talking point and we've used um a technology that they use in online gaming so you can kind of zoom in and go through the islands and the idea really is over time to drop in new content and um, platforms within that that can be accessed um, over the weeks. But the initial launch um, will obviously be, um, you know, an, a, a, some content in that first week, so 6th, 7th, 8th of May. Then the 11th of May is a live Edu Monday day. So we'll actually have three streams of content through the day. Um, and as well as an experience center. So we're really trying to take what we were doing in Hall 9, you know, with some of our fun elements and, and put in some joyful, fun moments into that event. On the Tuesday, we wanted to give our partners the opportunity to um, deliver some of the content that they were preparing for the show. So uh, the Tuesday, the 12th will be community day. And then on the Wednesday, we've got this remote IMEX run. Uh, they're actually just built up over social media. This campaign started, IMEX still run. Running, uh, we thought it was a really nice idea. So we're taking that and we're going to try and get as many people as possible running, walking, whatever across the world um, and just to, you know, have that connection. And then on the first day, we're focusing on IMEX introductions. So what we've done is taken the appointment system that we have. Obviously, we've taken away the live appointment side, but um, encouraging our um, exhibitors and our suppliers to fill out their um their profiles on our supply directory were encouraged and we'll be encouraging the buyers and suppliers to go into the system on that day and start to make connections with each other. And, you know, it's an experiment, I would say, but we're hoping um, to be able to still deliver some of those connections and those appointments. We know that there are buyers out there looking for third, fourth quarter into 21 and 22. So why shouldn't they um have the opportunity to to connect with the exhibitors that would have been at IMEX in Frankfurt. And we want to use the systems we've got to make those connections. Um, the following week, we've got a day of specialist education. So we'll be focusing on those sessions where we can get real peer-to-peer -peer conversations like this going, um, as well as some really great content. And then after that, we'll be rolling out more content and deliverables throughout um, the rest of June. And then we'll see how that, um, where it takes us. But it'll be a mixture. It'll be sort of those live events, live days, as well as peer-to-peer -peer networking, business um, and podcast research, um, interviews, all of those types of things, as well as some fun elements as well. And it's just, you know, it, it's all done in a very fun, kind of lighthearted um, 
way on the platform. So, yeah, we're really excited about it. And it's given us something really positive to work towards. And we hope that all of it will be very successful. But, you know, it's a, it's also a learning curve. And so we're, we're interested in the feedback. And, and I'm sure we'll tweak that over time. But we don't see why that, if it's successful, why that can't be something that lives anyway um, throughout the year. Okay. Uh, any so just again questions on Planet IMEX pop into the chat please, and I can come back to them. Um, so yeah, so you mentioned that this. So you are experimenting. You're you're kind of going to send something to market and then see what how people react. How are the team adapted? Um, because it must be a very different world to what they used to. Is it being a massive learning curve? Yeah, it's been a massive learning curve. I mean, we have never done a live. Um, educational event before we've done webinars but a webinar is not the same as a you know full day of education with three streams um, and interactive elements etc so yeah just learning about the different platforms how it's all going to fit together and um, what's been really interesting is you know if you're used to running a live event you can like and you're used to doing that year after year you can picture every element in your head when you incrementally add things you understand where that's going to fit how it's going to be so this is all new and to do it in three or four weeks is slightly insane i think and the team are really working hard on it but it's been fantastic as well to see how the team have just pivoted and um you know they they've just sort of really taken it to heart because I think right at the beginning when we said look let's do this as a gift for the industry let's make sure that it's unique let's make sure that it's got joyful moments we were talking really early about that it just set everybody off to thinking about all those different elements of the show and how we could do that in a virtual environment we won't have everything for day one but I think that's fine because I think we'll sort of launch things in waves if you like um, and that's obviously the only way we can manage it uh, we've got a couple of partners like Cvent came to the table really early um, to help us with the technology so that was fantastic we're working with a local London uh, sorry local Brighton design agency who's putting the um, planet side together and again uh, we started I mean we started working with them the week we cancelled so it's really been fast <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but but yeah we're, we're getting through it and um, and I think yeah, it is a new mentality, um, as we talked about the, the other day, that pivot really from live to virtual. I think what will be interesting for us and the industry is when we do come back to live as well, is how they sit together. Um, and then that will be a whole nother question of do they sit together? And, and if so, how does that work? Yeah. OK. We've had a question about the commercials or costs of Planet IMX. The so costs um, in terms of to us. No, I think from, I, I imagine from a, if you're an exhibitor, if you're a destination, a hotel group, how do they get involved? Is there a cost? Any of those? Got it. No. Um, so we said we wanted to do it as a gift to the industry. So as a gift to the industry. So there's no um, cost. Um, you know, if we were to run it uh, year round, every year, at, you know, for the next five years, maybe we'd have to change that because there's there is some significant cost to us. But at this point, no, we're inviting our suppliers or exhibitors to log in uh, to the portal to get in touch with us to update their, their profiles. And, um, you know, we didn't want to do a cost either because, you know, we're all experimenting as well at the end of the day. So we, we're working really hard and we hope it will be really successful and that we can drive some really strong uh, valuable connections but until we do it we don't know either so um so no there are no sponsorships uh, and no costs at this stage okay and there are a few questions popping in about um access to the platform i guess all of that's going to be revealed so timelines for that Yes, yeah, so um, the so the registration for the um, educational events will go live on the twenty eighth of April, and we'll obviously send out those reg links in all the normal ways. Um, in terms of Planet IMEX, that will be live on our website from the sixth of May, and then once you're there's no, you don't need to log into it. You know, it's just like a web page, but you know, a very three D interactive one. And you just go into that and through that journey, you'll be able to click through to the relevant elements. If you're an exhibitor, 
um, then you can just log in to um, your portal as usual and start updating your um, your uh, exhibitor directory entry as normal. And if you're not an exhibitor yet and you want to do that, then just contact um, our team and, and we'll walk people through that. From the buyer side, we're sending out, we're, we're actually pre, well, obviously we had over 2,000 buyers already registered for the show. Um, at the point that we cancelled. So they've all got sort of uh, an in already and we just sort of ask them if they want to participate. And then for all other buyers, we're just sending them a, a short registration form. Uh, and those emails will go out over the next couple of weeks to make sure everybody's um, ready for that INEX introduction stay. But we've had to, I mean, what we've done, which we, you know, in an ideal world, there'd be one login and everything would kind of flow through. So in this world, unfortunately, you know, you've got to register for the education you've got to do something you go somewhere slightly different um for the um uh for the uh imex introductions etc so it's not perfect from that perspective um or as perfect as we would like it um, and so that's the kind of thing i guess that might develop over time you know if we were to sort of have this platform for for a longer period and there's a question here about the content sessions and educational sessions um can how can people get involved with that? Um, can they contribute? Uh, have you put feelers out? Yeah, so at this point in time, um, we're full because we already had. So the, we were due to go live with our education program two days after we cancelled. So everything was in. So at this point for the initial content sessions that are taking place on the 11th, the 18th, we're full and we don't have any space. and so We don't have time really to add more. Um, however, for people that are interested generally, um, certainly get in contact with us because as I said this is going to be something that we will develop and build on over time um, and so yeah you know certainly be interested to see what comes during June and, and then over the summer. Okay and something I've been talking to lots of people about and lots of suppliers also want to know is how to engage with all those hundreds thousands of people that you would love to come online here and educate themselves who are now furloughed and trying to get them engaged because they obviously can come and educate themselves and, yeah. and build their knowledge. Have you got any plans or thoughts about how you may reach them? Yeah, we've been talking about that a lot, actually, internally. So some of them are still on their work emails. Interestingly, some of the Americans, even though they're furloughed, they're still able to access their um, work emails, which I know is not often the case here in the UK. So it's a mixture. What we've done at the moment is gone out to all our exhibitors and asked them if they're still the right contact, if there's still the right contact details. Um I guess probably for people who aren't receiving their emails, then the best way is going to be to reach them is going to be social media. So we hope they're just going to see the social media feeds and the press releases and things like that. Yeah. Okay. And just something just occurred to me as well is that when you have a live show, everyone's in the same time zone. What will you be doing with Planet IMAX? Yeah, so, well, so Planet IMEX as a platform with the sort of content that's there on demand, if you like, obviously can be accessed by anyone at any time. For the live content that's taking place, you know, on those on the sort of Frankfurt days, um, those are going to be in European time zone. Um, well, I mean, we'll publish them, I guess, in in uh, you know British summertime, um, but then everything's going to be available on demand. So the platform that we're using is called Streamlined, and everything can be accessed both live and then immediately on demand. And um, so we will sit there and live for people who are in different time zones. Great. Okay. Um... We're coming up towards the last five, seven minutes. Um, I've hogged you long enough. Is, if anyone wants to come on, I'll either put a question in the chat or uh, unmute your microphone and ask Karina a question directly. Um, in terms of, uh, so just, yeah, just come on when you're ready. Um, when, in terms of the Planet IMEX um, going forward, you've mentioned you're going to see how it runs and then see whether this is something that would live on. Was this something that you were thinking of before or was it COVID that absolutely kind of forced your thinking into a digital strategy? Um, 
Honestly, it was COVID. I mean, don't get me wrong, we were thinking more broadly about how, and we've always thought about how can we really extend the trade show experience. We've known we should do more um, online. Um, and we were talking about what could we do sort of through the year from a content perspective. So we just launched um, our iNext Talks podcast and things like that. Um, but in terms of what we're actually producing, I would be lying if I didn't say that we hadn't created it in the past three weeks. Uh, it's all been done, uh, yeah, very, very fast. But I'm, I'm really excited about it and proud of it. And I don't think it will be perfect, but I think it will be good. And I think that it will be something we can build on. Uh, and I'm excited about it, partly because I think it is something that we can build on. Um, and it's it's exciting to have an opportunity to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it. I can see you're excited. It's, um, I'm yeah. excited to see it. Um, OK. I'm, any, any questions from the floor? Um, any questions in the chat? Um, let me know. I'm going to give you a few minutes to think about this question because it's a hard one. Um, any final words for people that are on furlough, for people in our industry, anything you can give them some hope, some idea, and anything from the exhibitors, the supplier side who are, you know, everyone's just, nobody knows what's going to quite happen. And of course, you don't have the magic bullet, you don't have a crystal ball. What would you say to, to them? I mean, I, I think the one thing I would say is that I do very strongly believe that face-to-face -face events haven't gone away. I mean, they have gone away right now, but ultimately the desire to meet, I think, is going to be incredibly strong um, once this is fully over. And the fundamentals of what has been an extraordinarily important and valuable business sector I don't think have gone away um, but we do need to get over this period I think the, the difficult thing of course for all of us is how long will it last and then what is the ramp up time that we have due to that sort of certainty that we need in order to deliver event, an event or on scale um, but I do believe if there's any hope out there, I, I certainly, certainly do believe that there will be pent up demand um, for events and for face to face and for meeting people face to face. I think we'll learn a lot of how, uh, in terms of how to do things better virtually, how to run a better virtual event experience, etc. But ultimately, uh, people, you know, what, what you can achieve face to face can't be fully replaced by virtual. Um, and so I, th I guess that's the one bit of hope I would give. Um, and I think it's important that we keep that in mind. But it's a tough time. And, and you know, I recognise that as well. It's a very, very difficult time for the industry right now. Yeah. Well, I'd like to say thank you. Huge thank you for spending an hour with us, um, especially when you've got huge amounts to get over the line with Planet IMX. And we're all very excited to see it. Uh, We've just got one. We've got one question in, just about the platform you're using for your educational content. Was that streamlined? Yeah, it's called Streamlined. Yeah, so we're using Cvent as the registration and their app Crowd Compass for interaction, and then Streamlined is one of the, their partner technologies. It's a separate company though, and all the education will be hosted um, on Streamlined, both live and on demand. Lovely. Okay. Um, like I said, a huge thank you. Um, thank you for everyone who's joined us today on uh, this MySpot Talks. Um, if you could pop into the chat uh, what you found useful, what you found interesting, what you'd like to see next. Next week, we've got um, some speakers from China, Italy, who are just going to showcase what is happening in their destinations and what does recovery look like, how are people behaving with hotel stays, et cetera. So I think it'll be quite interesting to see that. So that's going to be next Wednesday. Um, Karina, once again, thank you for joining us and best of luck. We look forward to seeing more about Planet IMAX. Thank you, Thanks everyone. very much. Thanks for having me. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow us on Instagram or contact us at mysbook.com. <laughs>